are back. You're listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me today is the one and only Mr. Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? Exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted, too. It's, it's been a long couple of weeks. We were gone for a couple of weeks. We both had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us and uh, coming back on us here. Uh, <laughs> the Flyers still haven't shown up. It's been a couple of weeks since we did a show, and honestly, there's really not a ton to talk about. The effort's been pretty, pretty poor, capped off by absolutely torching a lead to the Buffalo Sabres today. <sighs> Kevin, talk me off the ledge here, man. How bad is this team? Awful. God, <laughs> oh no, awful. Oh no, <laughs> that's not the answer we were looking for. <laughs> on, a, I mean, on a day when, literally, on a day when there's talk going on around the the franchise so to speak and i mean like in the building it's not a secret it's five years since ed snyder passed away right right that was exactly i mean i have not seen a more fitting ending to a game than that one for this team it is it is the most fitting of endings for this team you know to collapse to the buffalo freaking sabers you know i was thinking of a similar metaphor because i was going to start this show with i we have re- we had reason to be excited, right? The Flyers yeah. were up three two. They beat Boston on Saturday uh, yesterday at time of recording here, um, and we were starting to hear things like points out, games in hand, and the math was still mm-hmm. tough, but it was starting to look doable, and the team was starting to play together. And for a large portion of the bu- uh, the Buffalo game today, they did look fairly solid. I mean, take away the first five minutes of the second period, and then you're up until the last five of the third period. I'll give you that. Sure. For for a large portion of the game, which honestly, after the last three weeks, I'll take 40, 45-ish good minutes after the efforts we've seen. But that being said, it's it's still not enough, obviously. And when you fall apart to a team like the Buffalo Sabres, I, we kind of said it before the show, it's over. Well, it's over, and and, no, and I know you thought it was over a long time ago, and I understand that. Right, I was gonna say we haven't done a show in a little while, <laughs> right. right? So the last time we did a show, we were talking about the way that they lost to the Islanders th- almost three weeks ago. Right, right. So and that was still not the latest six to one loss. You know what I mean? Like we're like that's that's bad enough in and of itself. We did not have a show on the 28th. We did not have a show on the 4th of April. And because of that, I wasn't able to come on here and tell you that for me, the season ended with the first Buffalo loss, 6-1. to one. Like That's fair. When you get embarrassed by the Buffalo Sabres, that should be the end of it right there. You might as well, you could have stayed in Buffalo for all I cared, you know? And, and the funny part was is that they lose in a shootout to the Islanders. They beat Boston in overtime. They lose to Boston in regulation, again, fittingly, on a shorthanded goal by Brad Marchand. And then they lose in a shootout to the Islanders again before beating Boston on Saturday. And I go, somehow or other in that five-game package, they're reeling people back in. You know what I mean? Like, they're actually yep. still finding a way to reel people back in because somehow, despite what I turn around and said, and I've said it on, I've said it on 97.3 several times, that even though to me the season is over, it was over the second they lost to Buffalo, even though the season's over, they are... Four points back going into this Sunday game, and all they and because it's Buffalo, and Buffalo's not going to make the playoffs very clearly at this point. All you had to do was find a way to win the game, and you're still two points back with with Boston's result pending tonight, right? By the way, today's win was Buffalo's tenth win of the season, and third against the Flyers, and so third against do the Flyers. The math. 
when a team has, I'm sorry, 26 points and you've gifted them a fair chunk, that's not where you want to be. <laughs> it's not where you want to be, especially when you also can't beat Boston. Spoiler I, I'm, I, I'm pulling it up because I thought about this on the drive home because it, one of the other things, by the way, is that, as I mentioned, I'm exhausted because if you think watching it on television is tiring, go be in the building and watch it because it's worse. It's just you come out of it exhausted mentally because you can't believe what you're seeing. You know, it's that pitiful. Yeah. But, but go back to let's go back to Buffalo for a minute because it was February 23rd was when they had previously gotten their last win. Right. Like up until they go on this whole long losing streak, the Flyers beat them twice. They start losing all these games. The Flyers have to rally back to beat them on March 9th. Safe uh, face. Little, you know, basically. And, and at that point in time, we kind of still thought, oh, well, wait a minute. You know, it's only March 9th, and now they've won a game. They came back. That should, you know, maybe. Now they've won a game. <laughs> you know, but then you keep going, and it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then all of a sudden. And, and then, by the way, they gave away a game to the Flyers 4-3. to three. Yep. That's an overtime loss, and then they win the game six to one, and then they found a way to beat the Rangers two days or three game, three days later, two games later. Then they beat the Devils. Then they've lost two in a row again, Devils in Washington again, and now they beat the Flyers again. This team has four wins in a month and a half, and two of them are against the are against the Flyers. Yep. And this a- team and has scored not- has scored five goals or more against the or four. I'll say four actually, because even the loss, the shootout loss they had, four goals or more against the Flyers four times. For whatever reason, something's something's not working. And I know we've talked about that on the show a lot this year. But I, we we looked at this roster going into the season, and we saw a top 10 NHL team. We argued maybe a top 5 NHL team. We were expecting the young guys to take another step. We were expecting the team to get better. And a lot of your young guys didn't take a step forward. Some of them took a step backwards. Carter Hart had a very, very poor year, and we've talked about it a lot. And Again, we all kind of think he's going to bounce back, and we all know he's still a very good goaltender. But at the same time, that doesn't take away from the fact that he's had a very, very, very poor season. And is it safe to say that if the Flyers have a league average goaltender, they're comfortably in a playoff spot right now? And and again, I'm I'm not in any way on the trade Carter Hart blah blah blah, but factually speaking, is he at fault for this season? No, absolutely not. Because okay. to me, no. Let's this way. Now I do open ice hits with Broads, and Broads texted me as the game was closing in on an end or shortly after it was over, and turned and said, "You know what? I blame Hag for a lot of this because you had no reason to spark them with that little mini scrum behind the net, and you gave them hope." I turned around, and I said, "My thing is, is that." Claude Giroux's been playing in this league for how long? Don't ice the puck with three and a half minutes left. Just yep. don't. Not, not when, when it's not tired. needed. Don't do it. And then he lost the faceoff. So he's supposed yep. to be one of the best faceoff guys in the league. He lost the faceoff. He iced the puck with three minutes left, and they scored a goal off of it. Yep, and that's your captain. And I'm not trying to, and I'm not trying to sit there and say that that means it's all Claude Giroux's fault, but my point is, is that that's your leader. That's your captain. That's supposed to be one of your best players. Why are yep. you making a mistake like that still? Why are you doing that to the worst team in the league still – 41 games into a season. Technically, I mean, in a realistic situation, this is your halfway point, right? Like, if you're playing 82 games, this is the halfway point. And if this team is still the way it is, then half of a normal season, they would still look like this. And yep. maybe we'd sit there and we'd say, okay, the trade deadline in a normal season is not tomorrow. It's 
down the line somewhere, right? You know, it's a little ways down the line and you're only four points out or whatever. So maybe you have a shot, but you don't, you know, it, it's hard to buy into that when you play like this consistently. And that's what they do consistently. They make stupid mistakes. This is a yeah. very poor fundamental team. And one of the things I talk about on open ice hits a lot or just in general when I'm watching hockey games. The thing I do when I watch the entire league is I like good, sound, fundamental hockey. It's what I like to watch the most, and that's why I don't care that the New York Islanders are a boring-ass team. They're a good team, and I enjoy watching them because they play good, fundamental hockey. You can think it's boring. I see fundamental hockey. I'm enjoying that game. I don't don't, don't, with everybody. I don't enjoy watching them. I appreciate what they do. How about that? Right. (laughs) I appreciate what they're doing and the skill it takes. But the thing is... I wonder I wonder how much of the team struggles this season. And you can call this an excuse. You can call this whatever you want. I wonder, we've talked about the young players not being particularly good. And a lot of the young guys have struggled. Travis Konechny's gone on long scoring droughts. And Joel Farabee broke one today. And hopefully that gets him going. I wonder how much of the team struggles this season is due to the lack of practice days. And I, I'm sure it contributes, right. but it's and, still and no excuse. Of course, it's not an excuse. The whole league is dealing with it. But you see teams with more veteran leadership, teams that are don't need the practice days quite as much, doing a little better this year. And teams that have more young guys tend to be struggling. No, um, like which, which teams are you referring to when you I, say that? A team like the Vancouver Canucks. I think they expected to take a bigger step forward this year, and they struggled a little bit, obviously. Uh, then they had their COVID break, and you know uh, they're looking at hopefully resuming some games soon. But uh, that is a team that kind of struggled in the earlier half of the season. Um, but some of these teams, like you see, you see Toronto succeeding in the North, and a lot of their... Uh, a lot of their success, it seems to me, watching a little bit of Toronto talk, not a, not a ton, is that a lot of their uh, push, obviously it's Austin Matthews, but then it's a lot of their depth uh, veteran guys, right? Joe Thornton's had a big role with that team. Wayne Simmons has had a big role with that team. A lot of their bit part kind of guys have had a big role with that team. Sure. Um, but the young guys, I mean, they've had a good season. Obviously, uh, Austin Matthews is an absurd goal scorer, and that's something that uh, we should probably be talking more about. But overall, I wonder if the lack of progression from guys like Travis Anheim, guys like Phil Myers, who have had tough seasons at times, uh, even guys like Travis Connecting, like we talked about earlier, I wonder how much of that could have been uh, massaged out over the season if you have some more practice days. I suppose, but t- t- that's still no excuse again. And I and I, I really right. don't like. I really just don't like talking about that anymore. With this, it's. I, I even turn and said, I'm tired of overanalyzing this team for like where we can pull things from. Like, I don't know that I'm going to do a takeaways article for the rest of the year following this game that really hits on the game itself at this point. Like, it might honestly just be waiting to see, or not waiting to see, but pointing out. Who's, who's making the same mistakes over and over again and why you have to think about whether you overvalued them or not because that's what they do. They're really overvaluing some of this young talent to an extent. I mean, look, I get it. Phil Myers has some great potential. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, potential is potential until it's realized. So yeah. who cares 
that he's got a lot of potential. I need to start seeing stuff in the here and now. And if you're getting benched and you come back and you still don't look like the same play, like the player that you were previously, or like you're taking steps because you're a year older and a year more experienced, then then when do you say forget it and start to move on? I mean, this team used to go out, and I understand it's a different world now. There's salary cap. You can't just go and go all in every single year anymore. I get that. No one's asking for Paul Holmgren to take the reins back. I didn't say no one's asking for Paul Holmgren to take the reins back. What I'm, but what I'm saying is, is that you can sit there and, and live off of young guys coming, young guys coming, young guys coming. And how long do you do that before you start to realize that the guys who are here are not the answer? You know, this is not where it's going, you know, or not where it's going, but this is not what's working. And they're yeah. not contributing the right way. And you've got to take that into consideration at some point. In time. And, I'm not, and that doesn't mean I'm saying trade Phil Myers, but I'm saying you got to start thinking lo- longer term with all these guys. And you signed Phil Myers to a decent enough deal. And th- what's, the, what's the problem with the way that we look at this team? We sit there and we go, oh, that'll be a nice value in two or three years. Is it, though? Because right now he looks like he's being overpaid. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I don't know that people want to sit here and deal with the two to three years from now, two to three years down the road, maybe five years down the road. Like, that's not what people want anymore. That was what was the message was when Ron Hextall took over. And look what happens now. You're saying the, the patience is wearing a little thin in Philadelphia and it's time to start start putting some W's on the board? Well, no, because basically I, <laughs> putting W's on the board. How? This well, I just mean, I mean, the in the board. future, right? Like it's it's they've been in neutral for so long. Yeah, but see, the problem again, the problem is, is that then if you were that type of if that's the way you're thinking it's supposed to be, the patience is running thin. You've got to start finding a way to put it together, all that type of stuff. Then why didn't you address Matt Niskanen's departure better? You had enough time to think about it. And well, the best there, you did was Eric Gustafson, who does not play. Uh, and you well, wasted $3 million. Very clearly, I'm thinking about the team differently than Chuck Fletcher's thinking about the team. <laughs> Speaking of Chuck Fletcher's thinking about the team, uh, what's, what's the story for the trade deadline? Like, we're here, right? It's, this, was the, this was your last effort before the trade deadline. Do, I mean, do you, want the, do you want the what they should do or what's going to happen? Well, I'd like to hear both answers because I have a feeling... Uh, what they should do is cut bait with everybody that's not nailed down, and what they're going <laughs> to do is next to nothing. So hit me with hit me with the the breakdown. Okay, so <laughs> you're you're in agreement. Like the the should is get the grenade and throw it in, right? I didn't say that's what should happen. For the record, I predicted what you think is should happen. Okay, I don't look. I don't think they should blow the whole thing up. Okay, but there are like there's a whole there's a group of people that I look at players that I look at that I go. You can build around some of the things they do, and like one of them today, I thought Joel Farabee was really good. So I sit there and I I sit there and I go, that's the Joel Farabee from the beginning of the year. You can build around him. He's 21. He's going to get better. 21, 22. He'll get better. Right. You still have to latch yourself to Carter Hart at some point. Yeah. You know, you still have to. That's just the way it goes. You have to latch yourself to Carter Hart and let him adjust. And quite frankly, he was having a perfectly fine game, all things considered, until maybe the third one that leaks through him, which, again, is compounded by the icing call that Giroux takes and losing the faceoff. And, but, and for the record, at least the first one, uh, and the, the first, first goal of the game was line. on a bad turnover by Travis Anheim. Was it? No, no, no. The first goal was the uh, set play off the faceoff. Where, oh, you're where, right. I'm uh, sorry. Couture, was that? And, okay. I was, and that was Sean Couturier who loses a faceoff and gets skated yep. around by Jeff Skinner, who's not a center. <laughs> no. You know, what's the, what's the problem with that? Scott Lawton looked like he was trying, like, honestly, the second goal, Scott Lawton just doesn't even try to play the puck there at one point in time. And, and I'm like, I almost tweeted out, I didn't do it, but I almost tweeted out, is he thinking about whether or not he's going to be moved tomorrow? And that's, he had a momentary brain lapse in the middle of that because that just can't happen. So that's well, three. I, I mean, that's three. 
He certainly didn't do his value any favors. <laughs> I, I don't funny, know. And the funny part is, is I thought he did his value favors in Saturday's game against Boston. He I did. He played really well in that game, and he just went right back to some of the old stuff right away. Yeah. On Saturday, Scott Lawton played a tenacious, prove what I can do in the playoffs type of game. Right, really a good audition for the trade block if he was indeed there. And obviously, at time of recording, yep. we don't know for a fact he's there. Uh, and today, uh, you kind of just throw it all out the window because this team is just poison. Like, so, does anybody want anything from the Philadelphia Flyers right now? Well, there you go. And so, can can I? Can I? If I may, I want to pull up one of the comments we got Please. so far because uh, Brian's watching on Facebook. And okay. he says, nothing will happen at the trade deadline with the Flyers. And I think that's actually exactly what's going to happen. I think that's, yeah. And I'll tell you why. It has nothing to do with that they don't have players that have maybe some value. Because I do think Scott Lawton is a player of value. And I do think that no matter, like, honestly, if the best you can do is a third-round pick for him, do it. Just get the other. I don't think no. you can at this point. You don't think you can? Oh, like you don't think that's the best they can do, or you don't? No, think they I will? don't think the Flyers could get a third round pick for Scott Lawton right now. See, I I do, but that's like I. Still I think, think you're that, looking at a fourth or worse. I see. I don't see that because I do think that a playoff team out there says, you know, if 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 a playoff team like Toronto says Nick Foligno is worth a first, then Scott Lawton's worth a one of those middle picks, like a third. Ah, uh, maybe. Especially as fair. especially as desperation ramps up. But my point is, is that. You got to go to the other side of the equation. Trades are made by two different sides, obviously. So you have to go to the other side of the equation and say, Chuck Fletcher, now's not the time to sit there and be sentimental about what Scott Lawton brings to the table and how he's a good energy guy and blah, 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 and how he's been here for all this time and he loves Philly and Philly loves him and blah, blah, blah. Enough of that stuff. That's exactly what has you in the position where you are is this loyalty. Yeah, this loyalty is gone. Loyalty. Yep. No, but it's not gone. That's the problem. Well, it maybe should be gone. Maybe should, the loyalty it, is gone from the fan base. Chuck Fletcher needs to pull it back, right? Isn't that, isn't that why we got rid of Ron Hextall? No, Because he, he wasn't playing buddy-buddy with the alumni? <laughs> right? I, I, Come on. Look, wasn't that rumor around? That. Come on now. No, that was, but that, it also had to do with the fact that the team's on ice success wasn't very good either, you know? Yeah, but I think if he wasn't rubbing the the alumni in the press box the wrong way i think he might have had a little more leash well then that's just stupid too i mean like, yes correct like Hi, quite, yes. Quite, like quite frankly if that's the reason why you fired a guy then, then i'm so not saying it. that's like, the reason I you fire care. the guy i'm saying that's the reason the grit no i mean i thought the it grit had riles bit, up like it does i also thought it had a little bit to do with what was supposed like the whole there was that whole story about how he was you know planning people in the locker room to monitor what players were doing and the stuff yeah. like that and and things like that and and don't get me wrong again like we talked about with the other thing like you mentioned the practice days with covid i think that there's an element to it that comes into play that is the inability to go out and do something as a group away from the rink you I can't. think that's completely valid as well yes it's and it's valid but everybody's doing it so it's not an excuse i'm just saying i do think that that plays into it as well but well, the, the capital being, the capitals are doing it but they got suspended <laughs> for that yeah but see i don't think they're doing it now and, and they're leading the division aren't they tied i honestly couldn't tell you who's leading the east right now because every it's, team it's, a, it's just it's a bloodbath it's a tie. Okay. The Islanders and the Capitals are tied. It's and Pittsburgh sitting the, two points back. The Flyers got knocked out in the sixth round, and they've been left behind. You're saying with ten, you like with the with ten rounds involved or twelve or with whatever it is. Twelve, you're, fifteen you're rounds, however many rounds you want to get, take it. The Flyers got knocked uh, out in the uh, early uh, rounds. You know what? Let's do ten because we're about 
I want to say 60% of the way through the season, but you got through about 70% of it. Oh, then we've been on wobbly legs since the middle of the fourth. We've been on wobbly legs since maybe the third, to be it's, honest. It's been a rough team. Okay, third so round out of 10, geez. Okay, so you're, it's, it, once again, it seems like you're calling for kind of big fundamental changes. Uh, I don't know if it happens at the deadline, but a conversation that needs to happen. Claude Drew has a year and a half left. Yeah. Is Claude Giroux, does Claude Giroux finish that career with the Flyers? Or finish that contract with the Philadelphia Flyers? Yes. Should it's, he? It's, <laughs> Should he? See, I think, I, I know people put the focus on Claude Drew, and here's, my, here's always been my take on it. That Claude Drew would not be the source of all of the, the ire of everybody if he was not still somehow viewed to be the best player on this team. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. Somebody I'm not needs saying... to supplant that and be the guy you focus on. Like, and I, like, it, like, let's just hypothetically say, and I'm not it saying it should be Sean happening. Couturier. Well, and I still think, right and now. I think, I think Sean Couturier is recognized as one of the best players on the team. I'm not saying he's not, but it's he's not the leader. You know what I mean? He's right. still not the leader. But and people so often associate captaincy with best player you know i mean let's put let's put it this way bottom line is is that what's pissing people off about this game against buffalo it's not that the flyers lose to buffalo on its own it's compounded by the fact that they don't play taylor hall because they're going to trade him they're not playing you know jack eichel's not able to play he's hurt there's the captain and the best player right though like when people talk about whether or not jack eichel has a future in buffalo it's you're thought you're talking about trading your captain and best player Right. Okay. So I'm not saying that Claude Drew deserves all the blame for the team's leadership failures, and right. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But if you're sitting here saying that the team needs fundamental changes in its leadership, and things need to change, and the current group's not working, and and all these things you're saying about you know how long is it young guys, and how long do you until you recognize that it's it's what's there that's not working? When does Claude Drew at a certain point become the center of that? Because he is. The longest tenured member of this team by quite a long ways. See, the, 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 the thing I toy with, the problem I have with talking about it like that is this. I'm not disagreeing with you that when do you start putting the attention on Claude Drew and saying whether, what do you do about his future? Right. My problem is, is that you're definitely getting to the end of that contract. No one's yeah. going to take it. He's got a no-move well, clause I, and he makes over $8 million. No one's going to take that he's contract. He's waving it and you're eating half the money at this point. Well, fair, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't. How many guys can you eat money on before you decide that you know, you know what I mean? Like you're already cap strapped. Let's uh, eat money. Like I said, that conversation is not happening this year. But if we're sitting here a year from now, say two weeks before the trade deadline, and we're <laughs> sitting in a similar spot, this is a real conversation. Do you respect Claude Giroux enough? Give him a chance to go maybe try to make a run if you're sitting in a spot where you might not make the playoffs. And, and no, I know I, we're not there yet. I, and I, obviously, I do think, we're talking look, about a year I, from do now. I think you, do I think you owe it to him to do that? Yes. But, but that conversation is going to happen this summer. I don't see it. I can't see it happening. It's, the it's conversation that, that, that is going to happen. No, it's that blind loyalty again. It's what I go back to. Let me tell you because I, I, I kind of – I forget when I put these thoughts down. I wish I knew, but I wrote some stuff down because – I got to a point where I had to because it just was – I'd watched another god-awful game from this team, and I wrote some stuff down because I kind of – I finally got it. Like, something hit me where I went, I know not what the problem is, but I know why it – like, this it, This is like a vicious cycle that never breaks, and I finally got it. And I already mentioned the word, so I'll continue to use it. It's loyalty, okay? Okay. Here's the reason. 
This is about a loyalty to the current group of players you have. This inability to do anything to break it up because every guy's a good guy in the locker room. Every guy's a valuable part to this team. It happens all the damn time. Every guy's a glue guy. And this is why, yeah, but this is why these guys have been around for, like, seriously, if you're sitting here tomorrow, today, tomorrow, whenever, the last week, however long it's been that you had to be in trade deadline mode, if you're groveling with trading Michael Roffle, who's been here for seven, eight years himself, and realizing that that's a guy who can be replaced by another guy who comes through the system or another low-key free agency signing, then you're doing it wrong. Like, you can't have some There are a dozen loyalty. Michael Raffles on, there right, are a dozen so Michael Raffles on the loyalty. roster every year. Yeah, you want to know on, one of them? on the free agency market, I mean. Hang on, you want to know one of them? Tyler Pitlick. I, yeah. And you didn't have any problems in him walk away because it was a one-year deal and it wasn't that big of a deal, right? he you was only an ad and the guy had no ties. Maybe. I don't know. All right, but this is also more than just about the loyalty that the team shows to the players. This is a loyalty that the fans have and the loyalty the fans continue to show to the organization that prolongs this. We, like, we know the organization is loyal to a fault when it comes to everybody. Players, so a, coaches, alumni. Go ahead. I have a question for you. Yeah. So I, I know that he doesn't have a role that includes any official hockey power. Okay. But what's Bob Clark doing in the front office these days? He's considered a senior advisor, I think. Mm, I don't know. Okay. Off the top of my head, anyway. I, I, there's a way to look it up. I don't have the stuff right and, on the top of it. Right. And, and, and Paul Holmgren kind of is in a similar role, right? Right. But, okay, so then let me – exactly. Let me go into this then, okay? Because they have this loyalty. I think I've sensed the problem. Okay, but hold on. There's this loyalty that the, you know, to a fault to former players, coaches, alumni, you know, and there's nothing, look, truthfully, there's nothing wrong with the alumni having a big presence in the community. When you totally. see Love Bob, Ke Bob Kelly and Joe Watson and Bernie Perron and Brad, and Brad yep. Marsh and Bernie Perron running around doing all these things in the community, there is nothing wrong with that. Fantastic. But they do always, or traditionally, they have always put former players and into, into management and coaching roles, and they and they say once a flyer, always a flyer, yep, and flyer for and life. You're part of the family for life, and you know, and and this has consistently backfired, right? Whoa, okay. crazy! Yeah, no. So hold on a minute. So this was supposed to be what Chuck Fletcher's here for and what Elaine Vigneault is here for. This was supposed to be the out-of-the-box, go-outside-the-organization, fresher perspective. Remember those words? Yep. Fresher perspective. And it was supposed to be out with Bob Clark, out with Paul Holmgren. They're not the management role anymore. Out with Ron Hextall. Well, that's certainly also, not happening. You know, and, and also out with guys, you know, Craig Berube as your coach and Dave Hextall, who was Ron Hextall's guy that whole time, right? And his um, coaching pick. And that's what it was supposed to be. The core has been the same for how many years? You know what I mean? And like, look, and maybe a piece or two have moved on. You know, Wayne Simmons is not here anymore and hasn't been for a little while. But the loyalty to, like I said, it's it's not just Claude Drew, Jake Voracek, Sean Couturier. It's go down the line. It's Scott Lawton, Michael Roffel, James Van Riemsdyke. These guys got, have been around for forever, it feels like. I got one more name on the loyalty list for you. And it's right. a question I asked you on our last show a couple of weeks ago. Why on earth is Ian LaPerriere still on this team? Is still involved in well, this team Well, there you go. Yeah, that's another one. Sure. But that's How's that for a loyalty name? And listen, I get it. The guy took a slap shot off the face for you. I get it. You're not getting any grief from me if that guy is in the press box with Bob, Bob Kelly shaking hands and kissing babies post-COVID. 
from six feet apart. I like that. <laughs> and if they're if he is part of that group, we have no problem. But the fact that he is serving a functional role, managing your god awful penalty kill. Hello, why? And, and, and this isn't a new problem. This isn't a problem that was caused by Elaine Vigneault. Right. This was not a problem that was caused by Chuck Fletcher. What coach, what coach comes in, what GM comes in? When's the last time you heard of a GM coach combo coming in and keeping the penalty kill coach? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I hear you, but. They clean house. They but bring that's... in their own guys. They clean house. Why didn't they? Because somehow or other, they actually thought he provided value. Or, or, or somebody some, said, someone upstairs said, hi, we'd really appreciate it if you kept this guy. Either that or I'll tell you what the problem is. Again, it doesn't have to be because Ian LaPerriere is not the same former flyer that Bob Clark was. You know what I mean? And I, no, mean in terms I, of I understand. No, I mean, not, in terms of, but I, I mean, in terms of longevity. So what I'm trying to get at is that he's a guy who was well traveled, who played for a bunch of organizations. So perhaps just in the hockey community, it doesn't really matter if it's the once a flyer, always a flyer mindset with him. It's just a, well, I know he's a good guy. Like he's Chuck a hockey man. He's a hockey guy, you know, and I yep. like I hate saying it like that because we have fun with that sometimes. Like, with but no, I, in terms of the way, in terms of the lifestyle that fans have when we say yeah. hockey guy, but like that's the fun part of it. This right. you're right, um, but here's so let me go back to where I, where I was going with this because when you show loyalty to these players, it's done in the form of these long term contracts that you've signed year after year after year. Yep, and like and here and like here's the thing, even like in the case of James Van Riemsdyk, for example. Here's a guy gets drafted by the team. You're showing the loyalty there. Then he's traded in one of in arguably one of the most criticized trades Awful. that the franchise has ever made. And then you traded a young JVR who goes on to be a 35 goal scorer in Toronto. Who anchors for a bottom, for Toronto's a bottom, top power play yeah, for half for, a decade. For a yeah. bottom pair defenseman like Luke Shen, who who might well have been a seventh defenseman. Who and they traded for because he was massive and fought, let's be honest. But this is the but this is exactly the point though. It's because of that, that 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 nothing will happen. Because of that loyalty, the rest of the league is looking around probably and sitting there. Because I, 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 if I had a dollar for every one of the tweets I see that says, oh, so Chuck, Chuck must have changed his phone number. Chuck's phone must be in the bowl of rice right now or something. He must have broken it. Chuck must, you know, have lost his phone or misplaced it or something. Or maybe, you know, what, what's the deal? This is why the phone's not ringing or whatever. It's because the rest of the league is looking around saying, you're stuck with these guys. Have We're fun. The poison apple. You, you made your bed and now you have to lie in it, you know? Yep. And this it really handcuffs the Flyers from doing anything drastic right now. And with that being said, there's also the loyalty of the fans that comes into play. Because the fans have been loyal for over 50 years. We know this. And that's nothing yep. wrong with that. It's what makes sports great is when you have fan loyalty and you have a fan base that lives and dies with the way the team plays. Especially and all that when we're right? talking 40-plus years without a championship. Sure. So yep. these people are faithfully loyal. We know this. And... But that's that's the problem. As long as they're loyal, then the franchise doesn't see anything wrong. Do you want to know why? As long as the building is full and the ticket revenue is high. Well, that's debatable. Well, you know, I you the, know the what I mean. Full, Generally the speaking, full is debatable. You know, it, you know what I mean. As long as the the as long as the merchandise is moving, as long as it looks financially like the team is okay, there is no motivation for a large corporation that owns this team. <laughs> to make changes to make the team better. Bingo. And this is you're, one re of the you're reading. You're reading my notes. 
I, I'm not reading your notes. We do I have know, some shared I, I know, notes sometimes. But, this is not one of those occasions. No, 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 no. But I'm saying you're looking at my, you're looking at it pretty much. Like this yeah, is exactly yeah. what I was about to say because I said there are fans in the seats and right. there's money being made in that building at every turn. Concessions, well, merchandise, parking, you know, ticket sales, you know, all this. Oh, and by the way, the biggest money maker of them all probably gritty because and and look, truly gritty. Gritty is funny. I don't. I don't disapprove of mascots. It's a lot less have, cute when you're getting your ass kicked. Bingo. And it's and and you know what else? Nobody else wants to wake up every other day and find another gritty video tweeted out by the team when they're like sitting there going, Your hockey team sucks. No, you know, what they should you, do what they should do is tweet out a promotion that depends on how many saves their goalies make the night after they let up a whole bunch of goals. You mean the charity play? That the charity one, that, yeah, that's a good one. For every save they make, they're donating 100 meals. And, and charity's nice, don't get me wrong. And I Yeah, they're it. just but, only going to donate about 400 meals this month. But it was, no, but it, it's, it, like, timing is everything, okay? Yeah. That was the most poorly timed, let's do something yeah. nice for the community that could have ever happened. And again, let's go back to something here, okay? So as long as they are making money off of all of that, then they don't care about the product on the ice. And here's the reason why. Remember that this franchise, and I'm going back to what I just talked about from five years ago. Remember this franchise was founded by Ed Snyder, and Snyder himself was a vocal part of this franchise. He made himself visible and vocal. That's the kind of for owner he was. For better or for worse, yeah. to be Love fair. Love it or hate it, that's the <laughs> owner he was. And when he passed away five years ago today, and let's face it, his absence was really two years pre prior to that. Like, he wasn't really around all that often. He kind of went back and res re and kind of... He did a good job of stepping back. Well, he stepped back because of his health, too. Like, mm -hmm. if he was healthy enough, I think he would have still just showed up to every game if he could have. But I think, like, at that point in time where his health was, he kind of secluded himself to California and kind of just pulled back, right? I, so, for the record, I miss that shot every game of him up in the, up in the box. I hear you. Every game, better, every better, game, they would cut better to, days, right? Some, you know, I believe. Uh, did you happen to catch, by the way? It's also an anniversary today. I believe it was eleven the years Rangers ago. The Rangers shootout. Yeah. yeah, Brian Boucher tweeted about that. Fun times, huh? Um, but anyway, so he kind of had stepped back already, and this at that point in time when he stepped back, even then, even two thousand, like say fourteen, fifteen, whatever it would have been, that's when this went from being a franchise to being a business operation. Yep, Comcast this became took over, and this is exactly why the results are the way they are. It is a like in look in the last decade, the Flyers have never been truthfully. I know it feels this way, but in the last decade, the Flyers have not been the worst team in the league. Okay, they have no, certainly not, not. Not in the standings, they are not the worst team in the league. They Edmonton has a case for that. Buffalo has a case for that. Sure, the Flyers they, are nowhere near that. And let's put it this way: they lucked themselves into the second overall pick a few years ago yeah, because that's how the lottery works. Two, correct. But uh, right. worked question mark uh, past tense. It no longer works that way. You can't jump that high. Well, no, but the, well, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, maybe not that. No, high, they jump yes. thirteen to two. You can only jump ten spots now. Right, but okay, and it's only two spots. I thought right. Isn't it only first and second now? They're not going to be the third anymore. Okay, yeah. I know they changed it. I, I they did change it to that too. Yeah. But anyway, okay, so. But the bottom line is this team went year after year, and it was make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. And it's still going on because it's going to happen again this year. Yep. And every game, you know, but every game would hold a meaning. You know what I mean? Like, let's, let's put it this way. We can sit here today and tell you after watching the Buffalo game this time around, not just the Buffalo one the <sighs> first time around, but the Buffalo game this time around today, that they're not making the playoffs. And anybody with half a brain can see that, except for maybe the people who have no choice but to block that part of the brain out and act like, mathematically, 
they're still in it, right? So the players are going to sit there and tell you, we got to turn the page, move on to the next game in Washington. And everybody else is laughing, you know? The people who watch this team every night are laughing, going, come on, be real. You know what I mean? Like, are you serious? You know, come on, right? And, but, for, but this has happened over the years, too. I mean, there was a, you know, the year that they traded Wayne Simmons and they were in the stadium series against Pittsburgh at the link, all that stuff, right? Right, the when we knew that, he was going. But, but the year that, that was happening, every point mattered at the time of the stadium series. It's mid-February. You're coming up on the deadline. And there's still a month and like a week to go, right, in the season at that point in time beyond the trade deadline. And yet you sat there and you knew you're like, even though you can sit there and say, well, they could technically, you knew you had to make that move and they did. And that in a way is kind of admitting where it's going, even though for the next better part of the next month, we still sat there and it was mathematically they're in it. And no, and uh, but truthfully, but, torture. but it's because of the number of games after the deadline. March is still usually a very busy month for the NHL. You still end so, up with almost 20 games. Right. Well, not tw- I wouldn't say 20 because 20 mean you're playing a lot of back-to-backs. But it's- so in a 30-day month, yeah, you're st- like in that case, you are still playing 15 games probably in that month of March. Right. 14 or 15 plus the last week yeah, of February. A couple in April. Plus the last yeah. week of February beyond when the deadline is, which in some cases is like the 23rd of February. Right. So you might get three more games in there in February before that's over. So now you're up to 17, and the first week of April could have four. Yeah, I meant like 20 games total, not 20 in March. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, is that the deadline's going to come tomorrow, and the Flyers have 15 left. Well, that's five sets of two points that you're out now. You right. know what I mean? So it makes it a little easier to kind of know where it's going and to realize also how qu- – like, I get it. This year it's different, how quickly things can shift. And, I, I, and, and that's I, the thing. And I, do, no, and I do point that out for other teams, like other teams in other divisions. Nashville right. was dead in the water, and now they're in a playoff spot. That's, it is crazy how You know what I mean? Happened. Because they went on a winning streak, and they, they got were back complete into sellers. Was, Everybody not named Yossi, Rene, and uh, Forsberg so you got were them, up no. for sale. So you it got was, it them. was insane in Nashville. So you got them, and you've got St. Louis, who also has struggled a lot this year, but they've been sort of hanging around. And and, and again, part and of the problem— we all kind of expect them to just show up when the playoffs start. Right. Now, and look, yeah. part of the— Part of the problem with this is, or not part of the problem is, but part of the equation is, truth be told, the Flyers play in the toughest division in the league. I don't care who you are. Certainly. They play in the toughest division in the league, and it was, and that was doubled when you threw Boston into the mix this year. Because oh, now yeah. you're playing in a division with all the teams that we knew were going to be part of this picture. The Islanders, Washington, Thank God Pittsburgh. Carolina's not in this division, dude. Yeah, for it, real. Oh. We, we got lucky getting Buffalo, New Jersey, and the Flyers can't beat them. Yeah. Right, there's two easy dumpster teams in well, the division, and you're you supposed to beat with, up on them, well, and the Flyers with, just can't beat them. You can say that with Buffalo, New Jersey was going to be in this division one way or the other, and they've still had well, problems right. with New Jersey. You know, I know. But anyway, so let's go back to what I was trying to say. Well, the New Jersey or, games got a lot easier when they ship out Palmieri and Zajac. We might did, touch on that a little later did on. Did they? Like, I se- mean, the, se- the Buffalo Sabres. Play- no, no, no. I know they got shipped. I meant, did they get easier? Oh, I mean, the Buffalo the, Sabres the just worse. played a game without Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel and won. Yeah, but it's the weirdest thing about Buffalo. Linus Olmark has actually been pretty fantastic. Yeah, I will give them that. They do have like, and I, somehow I, he has a was, winning record. Now, now, do you want to know? Do you want to know something funny? I got a tweet from somebody who turned around and told because I didn't do because of the two afternoon games. I didn't do a takeaways article after Boston. I'm going right. to do one, and basically, I, I'm probably going to pivot because I was. I said I was going to do one for the weekend. Now I'm probably just going to pivot and do one from the Buffalo game specifically because. The, the Boston game doesn't even matter. Boston anymore. game doesn't Forget matter. It. It's over. You know, yeah. and, and I had a guy tweet me who goes, you were right to delay until after this game. 
then he goes, be gentle. Buffalo has been giving everyone problems the last couple of weeks, but still can't happen in a must-win situation. No. But this is the part that bothers me because he goes, and another no-name goalie steals the show. They need to really think about heart. And I'm like, now stop with that stuff. Like, that bothers the hell out of me. Right, because Linus Allmark isn't a no-name goalie, if you're paying attention. Well, not even uh, – first no, I, Hold on. Linus Allmark is not – I'm not saying he is or isn't, okay? He plays for a very irrelevant team right now because they're awful. I'll give you that. And he's the footnote on it, right? Like, they could trade yeah. him, get some value, and he could show up on a team that contends and be a backup, and everybody would start to know maybe a little bit more about him. But I think the they should do is, everything under the sun to sign him, but that's because just because they need bodies. But that's just. But I don't look at I don't look at him and say he's you know irrelevant. You know what I mean? Like right. this is not the uh, you know. It's it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, like when you lose the Boston's not, fourth goalie. Right, but that's what I'm saying. This isn't Jeremy Swayman who hasn't played before. This is Linus Olmark who's been in Buffalo for three years, I think. When a guy makes 40 saves in his debut, kind of an embarrassment, honestly. Uh, when he makes 40 you. saves and beat you in his debut, oof, it's not a good look. Well, let's be real, too. I know Olmark finished with 40 saves in this game today because they got 43 shots total on goal. That's not why you lose the game. He didn't make any more incredible saves than anybody else would. You missed the empty, an empty net three times. Let's be real. You yeah. missed an open net three times, and you gave up two opportunities at the end that did you in. You know, And it was the same thing as always. So it is what it is. That's not what I'm going back to. Let's go back okay. to the, uh, you know, where I was talking about with this being a business and the problem with it. So yeah, like, yeah. they've towed this line of being in contention for long enough and making it some years, missing it in others for so long. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it, that's what they've done it for so long and every game would hold meaning. And as long as every game held meaning, then the fans are invested the, the way that the that the business like mindset of the Flyers wants them to be right. Like people are invested. You keep watching on TV. You keep spending your money on things like tickets or merchandise or food and drink at the games or whatever it is. And like like we said, the Flyers are owned by Comcast. Right. That there's a that that is a business owning a sports franchise, and, and that's Comcast more, looks at the Flyers as an asset and nothing more. That is bingo. It's this is nothing more than a profit machine to those it slots people. into the portfolio. Well, and look, we get to hear from for me. We get to hear from Malene Vigneault after every game, right? Because that's what the coach does. And I hear a lot of people question if AV's lost the room or if his message is stale or he's throwing players under the bus or whatever. And I'm not trying to say, look, you can think whatever you want to about that, but here's the point. When you lose a game, when the Flyers lost 9 nothing to the Rangers, and we did do a show after this, and I did say this, and we did do this ultimately. I turned and I said, I need to hear from Chuck Fletcher now. I need to hear from the guy above the coach to, to see what he thinks about it because that's when you need the management to kind of step in. And right. I kind of thought this way after the 8-3 game that the Rangers threw on them after the fact. That, that also said... The second hey, embarrassing loss to the Rangers. Right. And I, I felt that way again. But after they lost 6-1 to one to Buffalo, a team that had lost 18 straight games <sighs> and, and all that, yeah. No. Then I wanted to... It's, it, I thought it was well beyond time that we heard from a guy named Dave Scott. Because Dave Scott is the supposed chairman of the team, if you will. And I want to know what... He was the, the guy you know, at the press conference when uh, Chuck Fletcher was introduced. Right. Yeah. Which is the only time he ever makes appearances, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So, and I'm like, people need to hear from the so-called chairman of this team, and what he thinks of it, and what he plans to try to do about it, if anything. Like, it's not it's not his job to plan to do anything about it. But you're supposed to be like, like, like I I turn. I even said when they lost a game to a team that hadn't won, when they lost nine nothing, for all I care, if Ed Snyder's ghost was able to come back from the dead, it would have, because you don't <laughs> sit. He, you, know, you know what I mean? That's yeah, the he way was it certainly used screaming. to be. 
You know what I mean? That's what that's what it used to be. It's this is not acceptable, and we're gonna find a way to do something about it. And then they actually would do something about it. But that's not the way they think anymore. Because now this is the fans' loyalty being betrayed, in my opinion. It was this is a franchise that was founded upon the working class blue collar style that the city of Philadelphia was. And the fans who would go were the fans that went to work all day, every day, sometimes you know, all week, sometimes all month to make enough money to just go to one game. There will be a link in the show below uh, the show notes below to Kevin's GoFundMe for his fund to buy the team from Comcast. No, I'm not going to. We just have to raise enough money for Kevin to buy the team from Comcast. And then he'll run the flyers and everything will be great. No, I'm. Yeah, don't no, don't put that responsibility on me. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't want to run this franchise for anything right now. But they would. But but people would go right. People would go to a game, watch a team that worked. That was that that the that the thing about this team was they would work as hard as those people did. These Man. hardworking people in the city bring your you know bring your hard hat and lunch pail to work and go and do a hard day's work and yep. then. You'd go watch a hockey team that resembled that, and that's what people loved about this team. What people loved about this, te- this franchise was what happened after they got beat up and pushed around in their first few years of existence, and Ed Snyder kind of took, took a look and said, we're not going to be that anyway again. And I understand you can't just go and beat the crap out of people anymore. I right, get you can't that. be the Broad Street bullies anymore. But you can go out and work harder than the other team every night. That's what well, makes listen, a winning if- team. If we're talking about the beating the crap out of people, I, I would like to mention uh, we did have a Sam Moran knockout since our last uh, since our last show. Yeah, who cares? Since, since we're mentioning fights, uh, and also there was a little bit of a skirmish today where Carter Hart looked for half a second like he might fight for half a second. All right, you know what the problem? Linus Olmark was at center ice. Do you want to know what the problem I have with that? Is okay because you know when that becomes legitimate. Like, I love it. Like, it's like you're sitting there going, we almost had a line brawl today. And you go, except for the fact that nobody wants in that single grouping of players on both sides of the ice, by the way, both teams, nobody drops a glove. You they just know. hold on with gloves on and decide to start throwing haymakers at each other, which is worse. Oh, right. You know, well, you also know better than anybody that in a situation like that, when the tensions are that high, once one pair of gloves comes off, very quickly more follow. Right, so sure, it's it's one of your, it's one of your your classic powder keg situation. If there was a spark there, and I, I think so we would have seen it. I yeah, but I so don't care about stuff like that <sighs> anymore. But whatever. Um. So, so no. So anyway, like what I again to try to finish this whole little point off because I, yeah, I know yeah. we're kind of really on this for a while. But this is the, really the point though of the whole thing because these are the people that would go and watch this game and they would watch you know a team that worked as hard as they do and, and would do what they had to do to, to win. And, you know, yeah, we, like we said, you can't be the Broad Street Bullies anymore, but you can work, you know? You've got to work. And, and I, like, here's a good example from just today's game. Kevin Hayes, what are you doing when you pull up in, just inside the blue line and stop and think you can rag for five seconds like that without moving your feet? Move your feet and work instead yeah. of doing that. Like That's how hockey is played. And I don't care if the Buffalo Sabres have nine wins on the year or 29 wins on the year in 40 games or 50 games or whatever it is. I don't care what they have. If you're not willing to go to work and try to earn, like, like at the end of the day, the Flyers made mistakes at the end of that game that cost them the game, and that's why they lo- like they lose on turnovers and rebounds and wa- off of lost faceoffs and icings and things like that. But the other team still had to do something to make that happen, and whether right. that's Skinner crashing the net to get into the position to put that puck in, whether that's the shot from the point that goes through and there's nobody there, so the guy who got the positioning took advantage and jumped in and made a play. 
They're still they're still doing what they had to do. And if they like, just because they're a nine win team does not mean that they don't know how to play. You know what I mean? Like they can still right. score a goal. Right. They're all when still you give NHL players, right? Um, no. So, <sighs> Real quick, while we're here, did you think it was a kick? No. Not after the, uh, the, the first look, I, I thought it was, and then I saw another look, the and, he got pu- and he got pushed in. He got pushed in, but it kind of looked like he was already starting to kick, and Claude Drew just kind of helped his foot along. But it if was Claude Drew helped his foot along, then it's not a kick. I know. Well, it was it was close enough that I think the call on the ice would have stood no matter what. It was one of those. Well, and not only that, but think about the way that the official described it afterwards. By the way, not. There was no kicking motion. The puck he has entered it, the net the legally. The puck entered the yeah. net legally. So that's that's kind of a way of giving an explanation that does not say, you that know. It does not say, hey, you might want to challenge this. Well, I wouldn't even say that because I don't know, you know, I don't know if you can actually challenge for the kick. Like the kick is one that the officials get kind of a notice of like, hey, it went off of a foot. And they oh, go, is we'll that go a call look. from the league? Okay. Yeah, I believe so. Like it's not. You know, you challenge goalie interference and you challenge offside. Offside, you don't yeah. challenge the kicking motion. And there's and there was and, and there were, and obviously there was nothing that hindered Carter Hart there because the puck was already behind him when anything happened in the crease. So no, no, it was clean sure. from that angle and it was clean from you know all that type of stuff. So it's you know yeah. So I, back circling all the way back to the trade deadline. <laughs> You think activity, uh, if there's any, will be fairly minimal? Well, I always did, but right, right. You know, I always did think it was going to be minimal at this time of the year. But it doesn't take away the fact that they need to do something significant down the road. Like you've got to do something in the off season that changes the total outlook of this team. Like what? I'm curious. I I brought up Claude Giroux, and you didn't seem particularly interested in that kind of change. So what, what that, would no, you do? I didn't say it's not that I'm interested. I, like, I, I don't blame it all on him, but I didn't say I'm not interested. I'm saying, like, I don't know if it's that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know how you're supposed to make that move. That's right. what I'm saying like well like, in the offseason and, and, people and, have and, I, and I don't mean and, and by the way I don't mean I don't know how you're supposed to make that move like trade Claude Drew I mean trade anybody who's got a contract like that right. I don't know how you do that nobody uh, wants you, it you so probably... how do you do it and, <sighs> and I know you're gonna say eat salary but it's one year and I, and I know for Claude Drew for example it's one year left on the contract right but for Jake it's you know, two for James Van Riems like or for Jake it's more than that for J, uh, James Van Riems like it's several years for Kevin Hayes it's several years like and Hayes has a no move anyway so yep Look, you got to start. You, you got to start small, okay? You got to start small, and by starting small, I would I would literally call up anybody who's willing, and find a way to trade Scott Lawton and Michael Roffel tomorrow. You got to do it. Okay. You got to start there because uh, for two reasons. What about actually, Brian Elliott? Um, I don't I don't know if I trade him because I, quite frankly, I don't even know if I want to keep giving. Like, I want to have the option on the table that if I want to put Alex Lyon into a game because I don't want Carter Hart to be lit up every single night, then I can. You know what I mean? Like I it, it sounds that's horrible. With, with well, it sounds hard to say, but like if you, if you trade Brian Elliott, for example, because he has oh, you're, you're chalking contract. the season. Yes, you're chalking the season. It's done. Oh, I know. I'm chalking the season, but I'm saying right. at if, that, you, at if that you, point, you trade Brian Elliott, at that point, you might as well play Ustamenko Lion as your as your goal. Well, Ustamenko and didn't shut... Ustamenko have the uh, surgery? So you're thinking Felix Sandstrom? Maybe. Oh, even Felix Sandstrom. That's fine. Can we get Anthony but, Stolarz back? Is that possible? No, he actually won a game not long ago against with Anaheim. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I saw the headline, and I was very excited for Anthony Stolarz. Good for him. 
One but, of, uh, honestly, one of, you know, from my time covering the team, one of the nicest guys that's been in a locker room over the years. And I and I know that that's like again. Here we go. I'm saying like that sounds like a cliche based on no. all the stuff I said. But like he, he worked really hard to get to that level to try to be in the NHL at some point because he had a really bad injury in juniors and all that stuff. Right. And he worked really hard to get back. And he also was never the top choice. You know what I mean? Like no. Like at one point in time, I can, I can tell you a funny story about Anthony Stolarz. One of the training. It was probably one of the first training camps that Carter Hart was around. It might have been either it was either the first one he was at or the second one, because it was whatever year it was really starting to pick up steam that he was going to. It might have been the year he was going pro. That Hart He's going to be the guy, type and of everybody thing. knew it was right. going to be soon. And we, everybody was standing around, and and one of the players, I forget who it was, but it was a lower end guy, turned around and and kind of like asked, so like they're all kind of waiting around or whatever. Like who 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 are they waiting for or whatever? I mean the media because we just kind of gathered in there. We kind of stand around the room until the player. And you're comes all waiting the for ice. Carter Hart. And and Stolarz went. I'll give you se- I'll give you seventy nine guesses. <laughs> that's you know funny. And, and and you know, but that's you know I can't imagine for him being a guy who had worked for several more years than Carter Hart did from his draft year. To be not the guy, you know what I mean? Especially hey. when he had he had, had a little taste of NHL experience by that point. So yeah. to not be the guy who was next in line potentially, like at the minor league level or whatever, like that was a guy who knew his job was slipping away. If Anthony Stolarz hadn't had some unfortunate injury situations, I would have been very, very happy to have him be basically be Alex Lyon. Well, and here's the thing too. Like when or I say even a backup, when I say Anthony Stolarz knew his job was sl- slipping away that year, I'm not, like that was the year I think Carter Hart was supposed to go start at the AHL. So like, there's a guy who's even sitting there going, "I'm not even going to be the AHL starter because they're going to no. give this kid a lot of games." Right? If you're starting, and, like, if you're starting for a team, it's going to be and, a Reading. And Royals I don't think like, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think that was done like out of I don't, like I don't say out of jealousy, but like it's right. not do- it's not done out of ill will for Carter Hart. It's just like goalie it's, is like it's tough any to other, work around. Is unlike any other position because there's only one net. You can have three or four really good defensemen. You can only have one really good goalie. Like you don't, you, you know what I mean. You don't want to well, be a no, team's second have... best goalie. You're just not going to see the ice. No, I, well, I, not anymore. I, sure, but in the playoffs, when players want to prove you t- themselves, you tell, you're seeing you tell, starters. You tell me if in if in in Long Island if if Semyon Varlamov is upset because here's a kid coming in who's getting half the starts. No, because He's next happy to- year, because next year that kid's gonna get all the starts. No, he won't though. Not not all of them, but you know what I mean. No, I, actually, no, he won't, and I'll tell you why. Because Barry Trotz doesn't Barry coach Trotz. that way. Okay, fine. Barry Trotz aside. No, but all right, do you your starting know, goaltender then, starts then, the games. No, then do you want to know who? It, no, but then do you want to know who's who's feeling that way? Maybe a little bit, like somebody like out in Colorado, like Francois, who's like been the backup at times but he's had injury trouble and he could be that guy because they've been good enough on both ends of it and now you go and get Devin Dubnik instead you know what I mean like and now see and you know it's I, I not going if be... it's an instead thing I I no, no, no. Think... well no I'm saying well I think teams are adding goalies kind of willy-nilly because we all saw what happened at the beginning of the season and you can't reliably wave a goalie at any point so I think teams are being so nervous and so cautious about their goalies, and I think everyone's getting a little bit of extra, little bit of extra insurance for the playoffs. I mean, yes, no, maybe so. I mean, like to me, Grubauer is the number one there, and then now Dubnik's going to be the two. So what does where does that leave the other guy? And 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 this is a team that should be able to go for it, right? Well, is like, Dubnik Colorado- the two though, or is Dubnik the three? No, I don't think you trade for. If that was the case, then why would you even trade for a goalie if you like the other two? I mean, I think you. I think it only cost you what Let's a fifth it, let, round pick. 
Well, yeah, because but let's Greg, be, Pater- Greg, Greg Patterson in a fifth round. But pick. let's be but but let's be real about something with that for a minute, okay? Because here's the thing: even the guy who's the number two knows he's not the guy when the playoffs start. Like the whole right. point of the balance between the two goalies has not really as much to do with the playoffs as it does with getting there. Once you get right. through the regular season, you have to kind of not have to pick the guy. And for all I know, Barry Trotz still won't do that with the Islanders, and we'll still be seeing Ilya Sorokin as much as we see Semyon Varlamov throughout the playoffs. I mean, I they, think did, they w- did that last year. Yeah, he did split some time last year, didn't he? Okay, but here's the point. They're, they don't make goalies or team, you know, teams don't operate with goalies the way that Tampa's able to with Andre Vasilevsky because Andre Vasilevsky is here. He's and an, the, an insane. And the next guy in line is here. Like The, it, the next 82-game season, Andre Vasilevsky might start 70 games, and we haven't seen that well, since Martin Brodeur who, retired. Who was the goalie that did that? I didn't, I, believe it or not, didn't Cam Talbot start like 65 or 70 games with Edmonton the one the year, year? The year he won the Vesna? Well, he didn't win the Vesna. Or the year he was nominated for the Vesna? Probably. Did Cam Talbot not win the Vesna? I thought he did. No, Cam Talbot definitely never won a Vesna. I thought he won the Vesna that year. Okay, no, because if he, did, if he did, then the year that he came to the Flyers, he would have probably been playing a whole lot more, and he probably would still be here. Why would you not, if you traded for a guy who had previously won the Vesna, why would you not make an effort to keep him? Other than that he didn't want to be here. You know? uh, I guess that's which, fair. Which, no, which in fairness, of course he wouldn't have wanted to be here. Do you know why he didn't want to be here at the end of it? Because he never played. But right. that's, why but, would but you want to be here? But he wasn't a Vesna winning goalie, so that doesn't no. matter. It's, it doesn't make it's, – it's not here or there. Uh, also, by the way, uh, you, you've been kind of alluding to big changes in the organization, and uh, maybe nothing will happen before the deadline, but something should happen in the offseason. And uh, we have yeah, we someone named the, CM watching on YouTube who, uh, who has that to say. <laughs> and then – at this point in time, no one's going to pull the trigger because no one above him is very interested in firing him. But I agree with the sentiment. I didn't say I just like I said I didn't, <laughs> I didn't disagree with the sentiment. It's not that. It's a it, it, it's you know who has to do that, and it's a faceless owner. You know what I mean? Like it's an ownership group that does. It's a business. And we had that problem with the Phillies for several years too. I know we're not a Philly that's, show, no, but, but that but that right there, by the way, Paul yeah. Holm, The reason Paul Holmgren is still around the team. And Bob Clark is still around the team. I'll tell you exactly why it is. Because Bobby Clark should be able to be that face, like that ambassador for the team that goes around again. Same thing. Like Bernie. Shaking hands. Kissing babies. Whatever you want. You know, not in COVID time, but you get Six the feet point. apart. Yeah, yeah, Six yeah. feet apart for right now. Um, but that's the thing. Because like, no, no question about it. You're two of the greatest flyers of all time. If Bernie Perrant and Bobby Clark are still around games because you want them to be fan people, Go right ahead. That's fine. Yeah, great. Guess what? Perfect. Other, awesome. Other teams still do that too. You know, other teams that are is still absolutely fantastic. You know, rolling out people like that too for the same reason. Okay, don't get me wrong. But the point is, is that they are basically. I'll tell you exactly why they hold those positions because Comcast doesn't have anybody who sits there and watches the games like that. Like, yeah. like you, you said it, Kyle. Ed Snyder would be at all the games, right? Yep. Because the owner would actually show up to the games. They don't, Dave Scott doesn't come to the games. No, there's no way. It, this is. In his portfolio, just like we talked about earlier, this is a feather in his cap and probably his third most important job well, if you asked him. And in, and in fairness, they tried previously in franchise history, they tried to groom Jay Snyder to be this guy. And it, it didn't, didn't work out then either. Well, well and, and, did it, and now didn't they it don't... not go particularly well because him and Bobby Clark clash so hard? A little bit, but that's all. I, but. So you're sitting here saying it should have been Bobby Clark that was the problem? I'm saying the franchise still hasn't won a Stanley Cup. 
Yeah, but that has so much less to do with what you know, whether or not Bobby Clark's hanging around or whether or not. No, because I think Bobby had, Clark might be personal, personally responsible for this franchise not was, winning a Stanley Cup because of how he handled Eric Lindros. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> that is that is an entirely separate conversation. It is an entirely, and quite frankly, <laughs> and we're not, not going to have it today. We're not going to have it ever, probably, because it's not a conversation I need to get into. It's, <laughs> that's honestly, fair. I don't care about it. Like, I don't care about that's whether, fair. like, I don't care about what the logistics are of it. Like, it's that's still the problem. Is that you've got these people who. They're stand-ins to run the franchise, kind of in a way, because your owner is not real. Like your owner might as well not be a real person, because it's not a He's real not. person. There no, is well, no owner. Well, no, no, no. Exactly. That's that. The guy we keep referring to is the chairman. Yep. And the owner is a business. There's the face of the mysterious background shadowy figure that owns the team. I mean, for all I care, like let's be real about this. For all I care, Gritty owns the team. And then you go. No, You're and, telling and me another, Dave Scott and, lives in the lives in the construction sites of the the Wells Fargo Center. No, I'm telling you, Dave Scott doesn't show up to anything, and Gritty might as well be the one running the damn show. <sighs> You're not wrong. But but here's the thing. But here's the other thing about this, okay? Because they also go back to uh, a thing I keep hearing a lot about is uh, Valerie Camillo is the like president of the Wells Fargo Center or something like that. So everything is about this is where all these promotions and the gritty videos and all this because this is this was the mastermind and you actually brought up the Phillies here a little earlier. So let me uh go back to that because this was the mas- th- these were the masterminds. She was part of this group by the way. The masterminds behind Natitude. Remember that with the Washington Nationals and how and how even though they were a sad and sorry franchise that granted has now since won a World Series, you know, fine but that was like the whole thing like everything was about like this is where these anytime anywhere flyer die now remember when it was flyer die and then oscar Lindblom got diagnosed with cancer two months into the season and they changed yeah, it and very they quickly oh, that's a bad look the the way that they do the, the way that they do that type of stuff is pathetic because of the fact that they just try to ride what again they try to ride the loyalty of it they ride the loyalty of people keep showing up. Let's put it this way. I went on the – I'm trying to remember exactly when I went on the air. I guess it was Wednesday I went on the air to do a spot, and it was after the first the, – the, the second Boston game they lost in regulation. And it, not only in admitting that, it, again, uh, the season didn't end with that loss. The season ended with the loss to uh, Buffalo the week before. You know, two weeks, you know, almost two weeks ago now. I mean, it's been a week and a half. They've lost to Buffalo twice now. Um, but beside the point. <sighs> Pathetic. Um, it being that, like, I turned and even said, like, I got asked 3,900 people in the, allowed in the building how many are there. And I turned and said it might have been, honestly, on Tuesday night, it might have been half. And there were a lot of Bruins fans there. And, I absolutely believe that. And that's that's the state of this franchise right now. It is a sad state of the franchise, and it is the way it is because Do you want to spend that kind of money and go through the COVID protocols and sit blah, 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 well, no, it has not, spend $400 on a beer? It's not, and, and it's not even that, though. Do you want to pay because, for this product? Well, I uh, agreed, but at the same time, like, it's not even that. Like, my problem, like, that this is my problem with this. It's not necessarily, again, it comes down to how much money are they making. So guess what? Whether you're a Flyers fan or a Bruins fan or whatever it is, if you paid the money to park your car, if you paid the money for the tickets, if you're buying food and drink while you're there or anything gotcha. like that, then they already got what they got the money. And that's all that matters at this point. It is a business. So whether they don't, they don't, they don't care. It's not, gone are the days to an extent where it was like today. Here's a funny like, little thing because today was kids day. At the, uh, at the game, which maybe the best part was the fact that they they turned things from 
I guess our age group would appreciate this because we're like pushing 30 here, like you're getting toward that point. So in the last 25, 30 years, you're sitting here talking about what did we grow up on when we were 10 years old, you know, and that's some of the stuff they do. Well, and listen, it's kind of funny. But next but time they, they need to do them. kids' night on an actual night, so that at nine o'clock all the parents go home, and then the team blows the lead, and the kids get to go home <laughs> while they're still leading three two. Oh, that would be funny. Yeah, instead yeah, of doing an afternoon, would have been way better. Well, but anyway, they gave out gritty rally towels today. Which there we go again with gritty, right? But they how many great. ended up on the ice? The answer is not enough. None actually, because there's no yeah. one close enough. Well, you're not close enough to the ice right know. now. But so anyway, but they're draped over the seats, right? And my point, my point is this, okay? Do you, like. Gone are the days when the playoffs would roll around and it's orange t-shirts for everyone. We're going to do the orange out type thing. Orange yep. crush, right? Like, yeah. Remember when that was a thing and you would have a building full of people and they're all I have wearing several, the orange shirts? I have several of them and I wear them all and the time and they've done it for more than just – they've done it for I, more than just playoffs. By the way, they did it for home openers and things like that. And I fun. remember what specific games shirts are from and, like, it's a good memory and it's a good, like – and they don't do it anymore. It's all rally towels and they no, all look the same. No, it's not that they don't do it anymore. Well, look, we haven't had a chance to see what it would have been like. Because last year, imagine what would have happened last season. Second round would have been nuts. Right. And, and I'm sure that home ice advantage yep. would play a little bit into some of that for sure. But Especially don't get me wrong. against a team like the Islanders. But again, not the conversation we're having. No, we're not. Um, but it, look, whatever. You get the point. It's just a matter of, like, that's what it's about. And you don't have... 20,000 people in the building anymore that are wearing orange shirts all at the same time and, and doing stuff like that. Now it's become a whoever decides to show up is a guest of ours and they're spending their money and they're, you know, and that's that is what it is. And it's not even like the stuff's affordable anymore. A lower level ticket no. to a game right now to be one of 4,000 people is $100 at least. And that's ridiculous. You got people yep. who are losing their jobs during a pandemic, and you're supposed oh, to be listen. catering to the uh, no. But you're supposed to be the whole point was you were founded on the hardworking blue collar worker type, and now you're a basically a premium product that nobody wants to pay for because you know. First of all, a lower bowl seat is always a hundred dollars, basically. No, but I now, get that, but what I'm trying to say is especially now, that, you're not going to get cheaper prices when they're only when they only have ten percent or twenty percent capacity or whatever it oh, is, real, and they're no. trying to oh, recoup really? every dollar they have. That you're not going to see. Uh, no, I'm talking about from the team. You're not going to see slash ticket prices from them. No, really? Because did you see the crossing broad piece? About no, the did, email they just that, cut, did they just slash no, ticket prices? About the, no, about the email that season ticket holders got after some of them have already purchased tickets because they were, they're the only ones who really get the offers. They right. only go to the general public like last minute, right? Right, right. So they get the things and the season ticket holders are buying these things two weeks in advance and then they are the ones who got the email the other day about how tickets are now $35 for like the whatever it is or something like that. And there are the people who spent seventy five for their tickets, right? And now I, you're I telling people seen the that crossing broad piece. No, I didn't see. It's that. like a whole thing. No. Th- 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 it is business mismanagement. It's business yeah. mismanagement one hundred and one with them. It's pathetic. Everything they do is a is a misstep when it comes to the business side of this thing, and they're all about business. So that's you can, you can only move. imagine. You can only imagine why the hockey team flat out sucks too. That, you know what I mean? That's the kind of move that you expect to hear out of an owner like Eugene Melnick. Or an organization that's going through the the troubles that an organization like Buffalo is going through or Arizona is going through. And Philadelphia is supposed to be a good hockey market. And Philadelphia is supposed to be one of your big market premium teams. And they just keep running out this inferior garbage product. And I, I don't know how long until the fans decide that they've had enough. 
Well, most of them have already, to be honest. I mean, like, a lot of them have, yeah. And you can and you can hide behind it now because you're not trying to fill a twenty thousand seat building because you're not allowed to. But but if even, if if you had full capacity right now, would there be eleven thousand people at that build at that like probably today? Because you you won yesterday. You're you know whatever. You're gonna get people. It's a weekend. Tuesday night against a team like Winnipeg, for example, nothing against Winnipeg, but they don't have a whole lot of local fans. Are you getting more than 11,000 people in the building for the team that's currently skating on the ice? Possibly. And I'm talking about in the building. You're going to sell more tickets than that. Tickets are going to go unused in, in, in this current situation. I'm going to tell you possibly, and I'll tell you why. Because even now... 90, the fact I, that you I, had to think about it, by the no, way. No but, no, but I'll tell you why. Even now, there's about 3,900 seats, right? Right. So 97-3 this week to the Tuesday game against Boston and the Sunday game against Buffalo gave away three, four packs of tickets. That's, that's pathetic. And, that's and some that's AHL even, stuff. And, and by the way, that's not like, like I'm not trying to downplay the station that I write for or anything. No, like that, right? no, no. It's a smaller station. No, but no, but what I'm trying to get is that that's not the flag, flagship right. station. You know what that means? The flagship station probably got I, those packages 20. too or yep. more. Which means that you're giving away upwards of a hundred tickets just through radio stations, probably. Yep. Let alone let's WIP try to WIP do... got some, and well, I don't know about everybody WIP. Got some. I don't know about WIP because WIP is not part of the radio network per se. Like like ninety seven three airs Flyers games, so you're because right. of that, right. they get the tickets. It wouldn't surprise me if WIP got games. some just because they're WIP, but maybe not a ton. Perhaps, but even so, it's like even still, you're, if you you're have giving to give away, too away many you know, and not only that, but there's, you know, again, another crossing broad piece, there's rumors about tickets being comped to people and things yeah. like that. And, and I wouldn't be surpri- I wouldn't be I wouldn't surprised, surprised if they're paper well, in it. Well, you see all. also yeah. Anthony Sanfilippo who does write for Crossing Broad tweeted out before yesterday's game that the crowd, the fake crowd noise sounded louder than usual and then had the team had to tweet out after the first period that someone from the team told him it was no louder than usual, but he's going to just tweet it out in a way that says like fans can make their own decision on that. <laughs> yeah, something something of that sort but which was which was hilarious in its own right yeah there are some severe cracks in this team and i i, I don't necessarily know if we've seen them all along I, and I, I, I think you started spotting them pretty early here but i i think as the season goes <laughs> along we just kind of see things crumbling and we see things like we, the mishandling of season ticket holders which we, the flyers are usually pretty good about we did do a show after the nine nothing game right yeah, it's been a little while, but we did right. Because I, I believe I believe think the I words, blacked that show out. Oh well, I no, because I believe I used the words organizational failure then, and that's exactly what it is. Because from top to bottom, you have a problem. You, know? you have a problem, and I think it's from the tippy tippy top. But but you don't look. I've said this before about things like that. Like you can sit there, and if you're an Eagles fan, and go, I don't like Jeffrey Lurie, but you don't have anything you can do about it. You right. don't fight. The owner doesn't oh. get fired. He's the owner. He bought it. He owns it. You know, Jeffrey I mean? Lurie's got a ring. Yeah, but when things go south quickly, I understand. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying. To, I get. I get where you're coming from. But what I'm Comcast saying, Comcast doesn't have a ring. <laughs> Paul Holmgren doesn't have a ring as a as, as an executive. Bob Clark doesn't have a ring as an executive. The fact. How, how many years? The fact that you have to clarify that though is exactly where some of the problems lie. I, right? Correct. Like that, you have to clarify. So, oh wait, they so, yeah, they don't have one as an exec. I, but I, Bob, listen, the reason Bob Clark has been here for forty years and doesn't have a ring as an executive is because he had rings as a player. Sure. At wearing the C. 
and, and again, I he did a great job long time. I'm not whatever. But the fact that he is still involved in the team to this day, I, at, at this point, there is no excuse for Bob Clark to be in your front office at all. Not with any sort of say. All right. I think that's enough depression for today. We watched the Flyers <laughs> blow a lead to the Buffalo Sabres, and uh, I haven't decided if I'm watching Tuesday's game yet. It's it's. I, I love that. I love. We're how going game by do. game at this point. No, I love how that's what you get to say, and I have no choice. Yeah, sorry. I get to turn it off in the first period if nah, they give you know, up two goals. Look, not to plug a different show on here. No, go for it. it. No, but I've, no, but I've done it here before. <laughs> Broads and I have already talked about when for open ice hits when we get to, like the playoffs are going to be really exciting for for us at that point because yeah. we're, we because we do league wide scope we're going to be talking about also Broads and I each by the way we each have our teams by the way because Broads has been all in on Toronto all year for whatever reason because that's, that's always oh I know but I have mine I picked Colorado because I turned I said I love this Colorado team I think they're oh, excellent let me, let me let me throw my hat in the ring here let's let's see oh, you're going to pick a team yeah yeah yeah. I don't know why I get to. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I'm not that I like. I'm, I think Colorado is the type of team that's going to win it all, and I think they're fun to watch. I, I'll, I'll get behind Nashville because I always have. But like, sure. you know what I'm I mean. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tampa. Oh, it's such a boring. It's pick. a little boring. It's a little boring. Well, listen, Toronto's kind of a boring pick at this point, and Colorado isn't exactly I, a, a dark I'm horse. I'm shocked you didn't pick Carolina. Listen, I think Carolina has the damage to make some noise. I don't know if they have the goaltending to get through a team like Tampa. Or I'd have to check because are they using Nedeljkovic more exclusively now? Yeah. Uh, he came up and was playing, but I think since Morozik's been healthy, Morozik's kind of been back in. Yeah, but I know Nedeljkovic is still playing because he was a few years back. The Phantoms played the Charlotte Checkers in a playoff series. He was series, crazy good in that series. I remember. And he, that was the five overtime series, wasn't it? Yeah, the five overtime game was in that. Yes, yeah. but that's still. And and by the way, that's another damper on the weekend. By the way, because yes, the Flyers won on Saturday, and for a few brief moments, people were thinking what would happen if they won on Sunday, and they were in position to win this Sunday game. But I was but one the, of those people. But the, but I was thinking other, that for most of but Sunday. But the other game. part of it was is that Cam York signed. We didn't mention that yet, by the way. And we was, should have. Yeah. Cam was ready to make ELC his debut on and was Saturday pretty night. much ready to make his yeah. debut. And then the Phantoms have a probably have a COVID case, and yep. now like that's all. In and question. now who knows? Right. So it, that was disappointing because not only I believe not only yesterday but today they were supposed to play. So they had okay. two games postponed this weekend, and Cam York probably would have played in both. And it would have been a good chance to see his first well, professional it, hockey. Not only would it have been a good chance to see his first professional hockey, but the idea is that he's going to probably. Well, now I would I would fully on expect it at this point. You know, he'll make his NHL debut this year probably because they started that ELC this year. And why would you not play him at this level if you have nothing else to play for other than to see what people have got? I yeah. do think he's going to get a, a couple of weeks down in the minors first. But I'm saying like, I wouldn't be shocked if you got to May in that one week or week and a half of five games is a time to showcase him. I wonder if they'll hold on to his uh, rookie eligibility just in case. You know, what do you, his, mean, by, what do you his, mean by his rookie his, eligibility? His Calder eligibility, just well, in case. I, if he plays under enough NHL games, oh, that well, that's why. That's why I said considered might, a rookie for next but year. But that's why. Well, the, yeah, but that's why I said he'll like think about maybe the last five games of the season. Or I would love like to that, say or, it. You know, well, I, and I we've seen even, and we've seen the Flyers do that before. Travis gonna, Sanheim got some looks like that. Sam Moran got some looks like that. The Flyers like bringing dip guys into up his, at the end. He's not going to dip into that rookie eligibility with like eight or nine games though, and they've only got fifteen left. So. So yeah. figure no figure he gets three more weeks to like actually get back playing and practice and get the, and get and, and play with the Phantoms because whenever they get back and then you know go and goes from there and probably plays out the last maybe seven games 
you know, something like that. And that, that won't do anything to his rookie eligibility or anything like that. I, I fully think that they expect him to not only play at this level this year, but they also expect him to be there next year. Well, at the end of a kind of a depressing show, there is a little there's bit of a the, glimmer of hope there. There's your silver the lining, York. people. <laughs> there's the silver lining. That's about all you're getting out of us. Uh, if you have tuned in for the live portion of this show, I'd like to say thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by with us on the YouTube channel and on uh, Flyer Delphia on Facebook. Uh, if you do not follow us already, you can follow us on all our social media. It's been scrolling at the bottom of the screen the whole show. Uh, the show is at YWT Podcast on Twitter, and Kevin is at Kevin underscore Durso. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, etc., etc., sportstalkphilly.com. Uh, we're pretty much everywhere, and we'll be we back will. next week. I know we had a couple and, weeks off, but... Yeah, and we, we will um, we'll repost the live show from tonight like like and we like will. Normal, this will still like go up as a normal episode. podcast yeah this will yeah. still go up as a normal podcast on all those podcast uh catchers yeah now pretty, uh, much, pretty much i mean you'll be able to go to the youtube channel and watch it immediately immediately or yeah or rewatch the broadcast broadcast on the Philadelphia facebook page but and if you, you do know, check it out, it out on sportstalkphilly.com as well yes and if you do check it out on the youtube channel make sure to drop a subscribe over there all our new episodes go up over there uh, sometimes we do some pre and post game videos. We've been a little sketchy on that. We'll see about getting that started in the future. I'm not going to make any promises. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I can promise fairly confidently that we will be back alive with another show next week. Uh, we took a little two week break. I think we're back on the horse here, ready to finish out the stretch and I just don't think it's, see it's, if actually, the Flyers it's, do anything. It's not a live show next week because... No, no, no. It won't be a live show. No, because next week it's going to be they have a 12.30 home game against Washington and a 6.30 home game the Sunday night against the Islanders, so we'll probably do the Sunday morning thing again. Saturday afternoon, Sunday I mean, morning. Let's, we'll let's figure be, that out. Well, not, well, let's put it this way. We're not going to be hard on, a, on the game thing anymore with the schedules because... No, the games, games don't matter. Well, exactly. Like, You're next out. Week, next week's show is all about deadline and the lack thereof of what they do or whatever. You know at what this I mean? point, can the Flyers get low enough in the standings to have a shot at the first overall pick? Probably not. But No, because that's Buffalo. <laughs> Even though Buffalo has tried their well, hardest by winning a lottery, games. I mean. If they can get low oh, enough in the lottery? standings, they hit the lottery. But. I mean, right now they're ranked 15th in points, which isn't going to cut it either. I mean, if they mm. lost a bunch of games in a row, maybe. but that's, oh, that's We'll it. see how welcome, it goes. Welcome to the problem. They're not good enough to be a consistent playoff team and not bad enough to beat the bottom of the standings. Your Philadelphia Flyers, everybody. And that'll do it for us today. Sorry to go out on such a poor note. We'll try to be in better spirits next week. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you.